0: On the third Thursday of every month, pastors and church leaders from near and far gather together for a time of friendship, gospel encouragement, and ministry insights in the warehouse at the Axis Church in downtown Nashville. The following is from one such third Thursday gathering. Excited y'all are here. Um, Let's pray and uh, we'll uh, get going. Lord, thank you so much, um, Lord, that we are here, um, Lord, thank you for, for those that can tune in, uh, through technology and the gift that we have in such a wonderful postmodern era that we live in, um, Lord, I pray that you would guide our time, that you would be with my thoughts and my preparation, um, and that your, your spirit would, would guide me and, and help us all, um, through this time together, um. Thank you so much for my friends in this room. In Christ's name, amen. Um, So, uh, the the talk today um, is um, covering uh, the disciplines to fight depression and um, disciplines to fight depression. Um, And another couple working titles that I've had in preparing this um, talk is uh, how to fight the drift uh, with burnout, fatigue and depression, um, how to fight the drift with burnout, fatigue, and depression. Um, another working title I have is how I stayed alive <clears throat> during my depression, um, the 25 things I did to stay alive during my depression. Uh, for many of us, um, depression is it, not a personal issue. Um, it's, it's, it's not an obstacle that we have to like fight through. Uh, for some of us, um, it's very true of our reality. Um, depressed and depression is, is all too real. Uh, until this past year, um, starting in uh, March, April of this year, um, anxiety um, was other people's problems that I prayed with them through and walked with them through, but it wasn't something I ever experienced, um, let alone depression. Um, it was other people's problems um, and real, but it wasn't my problem. And then jumping off the page to me, uh, a verse that's very familiar with uh, 1 Corinthians ten twelve. therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Um, I didn't think I was beyond depression. I just, it was unfamiliar to me until this year um, and I experienced it and I, I fell into it. Um, and there's, there's three ways, there's more than three ways, but there's at least three ways um, that we can um, not finish well. Um, we can run out, we can burn out, and we can tap out. Um, to run out is um, caused by many variables, but at the core of it is a lack of love, and we run out on our family. Um, divorce is in this. Separation is in this, abandoning our responsibilities, um, particularly for the men in the room and, um, and, and pastors. There's a, um, a selfishness at the core of, of abandoning our post as leaders in our home um, so we can run out. We can burn out, which is not a lack of love like run out, but burnout is a lack of boundaries, um, where we say yes far too far too often instead of being aware of our pace. Um, and often this comes not from selfishness, like run out, but out of insecurities. So we have to say yes to everything and everybody because we're insecure with who we are. And so a result of that is we burn out. And if we don't run out, abandoning our post, if we don't burn out, having to leave the ministry, um, we ultimately will tap out. And that's a lack of Hope. Um, this is where suicide uh, comes into play. Overwhelmed by the obstacles of, of life being larger than what they really are. Uh, Psalm 2517 speaks to this. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses, is what David prayed. Often, lack of hope deep-seated depression, anxiety, panic, and fear is what David's getting at there. It's when the troubles of my heart, they appear to me in my reality bigger than what they actually are. Um, so a brief backstory, um, background on my last 14 months. Um, there was a period where I had seven funerals in 12 days. That's a lot. Um, some were in Tennessee, some were in North Carolina. Um, There was a two month period where I was involved in five insurance claims, uh, three of our autos and my family, our home, um, every floor of our home, the basement, main floor, and upstairs were all harmed um, by a, a toilet that supply line had busted while we weren't there and it flooded all the way down to the basement. Um, not to mention the fifth one, which is the Molotov cocktail incident just over a year ago here in our church. So the church was in upheaval. Our home was in upheaval. I had friends dying everywhere, um, wearing a suit pretty much all the time for, for a couple weeks, uh, doing funerals. Um, and then three of our four vehicles were involved in insurance claims. Um, one, I was rear-ended in my truck. Um, our church website here at the Axis was hacked five times. Uh, in seven months, um, a couple from China, three from Russia, um, and uh, had some dear friends um, of our church family take their lives um, as a result of the pandemic, according to letters left behind. Um, debit card fraud um, with with my family. Um, one of my friends, 45 years old, was on a mission trip in um, Nicaragua playing ultimate frisbee with his kids there in Nicaragua, suffered a heart attack, died, his family flew back to America with his ashes in a bag. Um, Four very close friends of mine here um, in Nashville at our church um, lost their dads. Um, Out of the 13 staff members that we have here at the Axis, um, 11 new staff members Uh, And then me and Rachel Foster, uh, our children's director, um, we're the only two out of the other 13, so 11 brand new staff members over the last 14 months. Um, Odd physical injuries. Um, I'm 43, uh, and I just experienced random injuries. Uh, Popped tendons in my fingers. Uh, This is a shoulder, I hurt my shoulder, jumping (laughs) into the ocean. Not a dive. I simply hurled a wave, and my shoulder experienced the most excruciating pain. And so I go, and um, you can see, um, I'm going to do a Pastor Don here, walk all <laughs> the way over here. There's a gap here. There's a gap here. That's not supposed to be like that. Um, <laughs> my, uh, I went in, and my doctor did x-rays, obviously. Uh, Those aren't from my iPhone. And um, not yet, anyway. It's coming, I'm sure. Um, But he's like, did you know you had a birth defect? I was like, no. And uh, he's like, yeah, your clavicle never fused to your shoulder properly. And I was like, huh. And uh, so a lot made sense in regards to that. And um, so I said, so I get to go home and tell my kids that I'm this awesome and I have a birth defect? Like, imagine if I was normal, you know? uh, I was just kidding. He's like, that's the most remarkable response I've ever told somebody, (laughs) someone's ever told me after I've told them they have a birth defect. Um, But it was just like this cumulative effect of frustration. Um, I don't know, just it was odd. Had two kids graduate high school in May um, and they're in college, one at Lipscomb, one at uh, Union and um, that is its own thing, you know. Um, And uh, and then I had COVID again, um, I don't know, probably the third time. And this one affected me um, just a little bit physically, but it really got in my head. Um, There was a lot of just a mental fog that was related to this one. Um, Went on a six week sabbatical um, that's scheduled. It wasn't reactionary, it was proactive. I do this every year. The church is really gracious to do this. And if you're um, a lead pastor at a church, um, take a sabbatical. If you are not a lead pastor, make sure your pastor takes an extended sabbatical. Um, please. It is so helpful. But on the sabbatical, I got bit by a snake three times. Um, It's like, what is happening to my life? Um, And um, there was a time, the next picture you'll see, me and Jill, um, this is during my sabbatical. Uh, Here's where it starts to get heavy. Um, uh, We were double dating with the Hoffmans. And Dave took this picture. And within five minutes of this picture, um, I was in fetal position in a public bathroom at the Optimus right over here on Adams Avenue, um, having a panic attack. And um, my wife, after about 10 minutes, she comes and looks for me. And um, she gets on the ground in the bathroom with me um, and just... Comforts me. I have no idea what's going on. I have no, I've never experienced anything like this before. And um, <clears throat> I come back out and uh, Dave had the food taken to the kitchen to keep warm. And we came back and sit down, and we started eating. I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't know. Don't know what just happened, but it happens. And um, had no idea what was going on. And uh, we were walking out of the restaurant. And I noticed one of his rings. Dave likes to wear rings. And um, I'm like, man, that's an interesting ring. And he was like, here, you have it. And, uh, and so he gave me this ring. It's why I wear it. Um, every time I, I think of this ring, um, it uh, represents Ezekiel's Valley of Dry Bones. Um, but um, I think of this, this particular evening, it was just a real low point um, where you feel like you can't will your way through um, to make it it's like it's overwhelming um and so all this and more put me in a place where i just had to get some counseling and so i ended up sitting on a couch of my therapist that i now sit at his couch every tuesday at one o'clock out in mount juliet um it's worth the drive um but overall i was in a place of depression um mental anguish um lots of anxiety very very confused um Never have I experienced. I'm very stable I'm very strong. I'm resilient. Um, and this year just, I, I, n- nothing was working. Um, lots of brain fog, extreme paranoia, like over the top paranoia. Um, intense insomnia. Um, I would go two or three days on two hours sleep um, and just sit up. I would just be sitting on the couch in the dark trying my best to get tired. Um, Just could not sleep. Um, Sad, very, very sad. Um, Lots of just random tears. I'd be working out at the gym, you know, and be goofing off one minute and then just be just crying, just bawling my eyes out Um, the next minute. And that's when it's, I guess, good to be a big sweaty guy like I am because it's like, oh, he's just dripping sweat. Um, But it was a lot of tears. It was a roller coaster. Radical highs, um, devastating lows, um, suicidal thoughts, um, suicidal, um, ideation, a uh, lot of, uh, thoughts of self-harm, um, I felt lost, um, aimless, I was really confused, I felt fragile, uh, never felt fragile before, I felt empty, um, felt dark, never in my life have I ever felt dark, but I felt dark, um, Lonely, surrounded by friends and family, but lonely. Um, and a lot of fear. I was, I was afraid. Um, and all this kind of, I, what didn't help in a way is through all this, things were, uh, a phrase that resonated with me is things were just odd with God this year, particularly in the summer. Um, just real odd, very distant. Um, read, I would read the Bible, but I felt nothing. I heard nothing. I remembered nothing, like Ever. It was just like reading, trying to read a foreign language and make out sounds that I feel like would probably be what they were and having no idea what they meant and close the Bible and do it again the next day and do it again the next day. Just really, really different than anything I ever experienced. Um, I felt like Jeremiah, as he looked out at the people of God in Jeremiah eight eighteen, where he says, my joy is gone. Grief is upon me. My heart is sick within me. I was at a coffee shop and um, I was trying to show Jill that I was doing all right. Um, so I was just taking a picture and just be like, you know, you know I'm, I'm feeling pretty good today and this is the picture that I sent her. And I was trying my best to smile because it, it was a good day. Um, and uh, I would tell her all the time, I won't always be like this. It's not always going to be this way. I don't know what this is, but it's... It's not me. It's not normal. And I'm, 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 I've got to believe it's going to get better. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the group uh, Need to Breathe, um, but they have a song called Banks. Um, I want to be the banks for your river, not to hold you back, just to help you type of idea. And um, she sent that to me. and says, you know, this is my song for you. And um, she said, I'm not going anywhere. Um, I'm here for this. I'm here for it, whatever it is. I'm not going to get tired of it. And um, because I felt like, man, the heavier, the more honest I was, the heavier I was to her, like to help me up and hold me um, emotionally. And so I was just like, man, I'm going to be too much, and she's going to quit on me. Like any normal person would. Like this, I'm a lot. And so I would try to like pull together, you know, and just be like, I got this. Like, you know, I'm getting better. Trying to be optimistic to try to lighten the weight of me on her shoulders. And then just another wave would come and I would just be devastated again. Um, And here's what's crazy. This isn't true for everybody. But what I discovered was that my symptoms were mainly, not all, but mainly brought about by a drug that I was taking um, for hair loss. I have thinning hair, okay? Um, All my bald friends are like, come on, join the dark side, Um, the guys who just shave it and forget about it. I'm like, I'm not quite there yet. Um, but it's Propecia, the generic name, uh, Man, if you're on that, I encourage you to stop that. Um, America and the FDA is, uh, is not fair for not putting on the label what they do in Canada and, and the findings that they have of the 700 men that have taken their life from January to June 10th of this year alone. Um. There's a class action lawsuit. The Supreme Court has opened up against Merck. Um, I've deep dived all into this uh, because it almost cost me my life. Um, Because if I would have known that this was a potential side effect, I would care less about my hair. Um, But uh, I found out um, after working at the gym, I was sitting uh, in my truck after I worked out and I was crying for a couple hours before my therapy session and um, had no desire to do anything, just sitting in my truck outside of Kroger. (laughs) Um, and I got on my phone, there was this questionnaire, uh, from keeps. You've probably seen their ads like Hims and keeps. They offer male hormone helps. And, um, so I was taking that finiceride Propecia and they're like, after six months, we want to make sure that you're getting the most out of our product. You know, it's sucky when you're like, Oh, a questionnaire fun. Let's do this. <laughs> um, and so filled out a questionnaire Um, to make sure I was getting the most out of the product and not a single question had anything to do with hair. The first question was, has anyone noticed that you've slurred your speech? No. Insomnia? Yeah. Depression? Yeah. Anxiety? Yeah. Insomnia? Yeah. uh, Panic attacks? Yeah. Faults of self-harm? Yeah. Suicidal ideation? Yeah. Submit? Boom. Within 60 seconds the doctor who prescribed the medicine, the Ateladoc, who lives in Texas, called me and said, call 988 for suicide, call 911 if you've already harmed yourself, stop taking the drug, take it to your pharmacy, flush it down the toilet, Um, we've removed the prescription um, from being sent to your home any any further. Within five minutes, I get an email, sorry to see you go, click here to re-prescribe. And so what I realized is there's this death prevention, suicide prevention, control management um that Merck has because they know what they're doing they know exactly what they're doing and they're trying to intervene right before you pull a trigger um and so my my therapist said uh the drug probably didn't create these problems that you're experiencing it just made them larger and more difficult to deal with um so a lot of this was stuff that I needed to work through um and uh, what's interesting is it, it even altered the way that I looked. I've got these pictures up here. So the picture on the left with the ball cap, I'm um, a month and a half older than the ones on the right. And yet the ones on the right, I look a lot older. Um, it had just messed up all my hormones, uh, messed up my blood pressure, um, my heart rate, my, my liver was in trouble. And this is just after six months of, of taking this drug. Um, I was dealing with a lot, trying to manage all that I was going through. And for a while, as, you know, all the issues that I told you about the last 14 years that I've been walking through and dealing with, the challenges, the extreme challenges, devastating challenges. And that's not to mention all the miscarriages of my friends and all, I mean, so much loss the last 14 months that I was dealing with. Um, but I was managing it um, through friendship, through communication, um, accountability, accountability. Um, I felt like I was, I was processing it. I was able to throw hand grenades at the problems uh, of the armored tank that was coming at me. And then once this drug hit my system in February, um, it's like those hand grenades that were able to manage what I was going through became ping pong balls. And I was still throwing. I was still throwing with the accuracy and intensity as those hand grenades, but it's like the game changed. And everything that I knew in my whole life, building up to this point, was not working. Every strategy, every technique, it was just, if if anything, it would become a golf ball, you know? Um, There would be a little bit more weight to it, but it's still not making a dent at all in what's coming at me. Um, It became much bigger than who I was. It was more difficult than anything ever faced before. Um, And during this very strange time in my life, difficult time in my life, regardless of the source, uh, the drug kind of revealed a lot of this stuff, um, during this struggle, I dedicated myself to surviving, um, which is a radical grace of God upon my life. I tried everything I could to stay the course, to not give up, to continue fighting the drift. Um, and as I reflected on making it through this awful, awful season of depression, dark night of the soul, um, I looked back for your sake. And my other friends, so that I could have something to give them for those who are going through heaviness and depression and despair, regardless of if it's induced by a drug or just life. Um, and so I, I wrote down as I reflected, which was tough because it was. It's I don't like to go back and look at those pictures. I try to. I, I don't remember a lot from this summer, and so when I look back at pictures, it sort of triggers certain emotions and feelings. And I'm, I try to. Like my great grandma, who lived to be 108, she said some things are left better off in the past. Um, and, uh, and so, but I did record these 25 things that, as I reflected, cumulatively helped me stay alive. I'd like to share those with you in our remaining time. Um, so first, um, assume that your depression is a result of all sorts of factors. Assume that your depression is from all sorts of factors. Um, Assume that it's physical, spiritual, emotional, psychological. Assume that it's caused by a supplement that you're taking. Assume that it's lack of exercise. Assume that it's the season of life. Assume that it's midlife crisis. I was reading midlife crisis books. Uh, There's a great one, um, Men in Crisis, I think is the name of it. Um, Phenomenal book. Uh, Jill would read it to me while we were at the beach, um, and I would just weep as she would read to me. Um, And then two um, read the Bible, especially the Psalms. So we read through the Bible every year. Uh, many of us do in our church. We have reading plans and by God's sweet mercy and grace, the reading plan. I can't tell you how sweet it was, man, to finally get to the book of Psalms going through this stuff. I used to look at Psalms as like, um, JV Bible, um, because most of them end up on t-shirts and coffee cups and stickers. Um, Very few passages in Romans make their way onto a coffee cup. Um, And so, uh, man, when life gets heavy um, and hard, the book of Psalms, you realize why they are the most transcribed manuscripts by thousands in all of our ancient manuscripts of biblical documents. The early church, the children of Israel, cherished the book of Psalms. It was their varsity doctrine because it gave way to be fully human. Lord, you've abandoned me. Yet understanding who God is, yet will I praise you. Um, So read the Bible, especially the Psalms. Um, Take time to FaceTime old faithful friends in your life. Um, Man, I remember one buddy, um, his name's Curtis. He lives in Virginia. And just going through the it early July, going through the thick of it, and he randomly FaceTimed me, and I just wept. I mean, he had no idea what I was going through, but just seeing his face, I just I just wept. I cried and cried and cried and cried. I couldn't even get a word out, and after we got off the phone, I explained a little bit of what I was going through with him. After I got off the phone, I just wept with Jill and just cried and cried and cried because an old friend who cares for me literally saw me and but it was just so helpful. Um, for and don't let this hurt your feelings. Um, read weak theology. Um, read poor theology, guys. Guys who aren't known for their systematic, bold approach to doctrine. Um, I read a lot of John Ortberg, a lot of Max Lucado, devotional-type authors. Um, I wasn't reading a systematic theology when I was going through depression. Um, and so be humble enough and needy enough to look for, for hope in books that you typically wouldn't brag about that you're reading. Um, I guess the ultimate thing there is be hum- seek humility if you're going through depression. <laughs> um, uh, fifth, uh, be honest and open with how you feel with family and friends. And for me, I was just open with our church staff, um, just kind of letting them in on the roller coaster. Um, I had no idea what was going on, but I I shared it with them. I shared a little bit with our church family. Um, And what it did is it um, normalized depression. It it pulled a lot of our people forward. Because they're like, oh, if Jeremy's struggling with this, then you know, and he's, he can say it, then, man, I've been wanting to share this with somebody. I don't know what's going on with me. Can somebody help me? Um, it's a really, really beautiful result. Um, six, uh, get a counselor, get a therapist. Um, nice. and if you need one, um, there's, a, there's a few decent ones. Unfortunately, there's not many good ones. Um, but if you need one, I would love to point you uh, in the right direction. Just let me know. Um, I'd love to help you with that. Number seven, exercise. Um, and for those who are looking for something, man, and I love to get particular in this, so I, won't, I won't spend a lot of time, uh, but there's a uh, Pastor Don, brilliant therapist, he's one of our elders here, um, he explained to me a couple years ago uh, about neurogenesis, neuro, brain, genesis, beginning, how exercise, it brings about this neurogenesis effect where you have your, your brain that, that can short-circuit at times, exercise helps heal those broken pathways, where you become cognitively more healthy um, through exercise. It it helps replenish and restore you mentally. Um, And if you need steps in that, there's a, through Beachbody, um, I don't get any credit for this, I'm I'm not a consumer of Beachbody anymore, but um, but I was for five years, um, really, really helpful, but their 21 Day Fix program um, is safe for anybody, from any background, from any stage of their fitness journey. Uh, 21 Day Fix is a fantastic program and uh, a good book to read is Bigger, Leaner, Stronger if you want a resource it's almost like a textbook Uh, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger it's a fantastic book and um, a program that many of my friends are doing it's based out of South Carolina Um, it started just a couple years ago phenomenal results Uh, And you do this at home it's called E2M E2M Um, you can Facebook search that but it's a group and um, phenomenal results. Really, it's a good first step if you if you're looking for help. I don't get anything from that. And if you get hurt, it's not my fault. You're doing it by yourself. Um, number eight, um, watch what you eat. Your diet and your food, um, clean, lean, green, and with fiber. Um, colorful food, um, vitamin nutrient rich foods. Um, again, helping my depression was. It's, I was just looking like, how did I make it? It's like all these little factors come into play. When you're really desperate and hurting, you're looking, you're looking for a percent help from each of these things to make it. Uh, number nine, try to get good sleep. Um, man, there's, there's different people you can learn from in regards to this, but turning off the, the, the screens, um, watching your caffeine intake you know, past noon, Like you got to be real careful, um, so that whenever you do lay down, you're ready for good sleep. Um, Don't. um, It's uh, it's good for me to watch Jerry Seinfeld before I go to sleep, uh, because it's a show about nothing. Um, And um, there's no plot, there's no fear, there's it's it's just foolishness. Um, And you get to giggle at Kramer running in. I've never watched Seinfeld until this year. Okay, so depression made me watch Seinfeld. Um, and uh, and it is, it's kind of helpful. Uh, the way that Kramer comes in the door, is for nothing else, I just watch for that moment um, because that's my son, Caleb. It's phenomenal. Um, and then number 10, uh, limit your social media consumption, what you bring in, just get rid of it. and what you produce, your production going out. Yeah, getting rid of it is not a bad idea whatsoever. Um, limiting, man, the... the um, without going into a deep soapbox here, um, we were meant to, I think, engage with 25 faces a day. No more than 50 people. It's normal to look 50 people in the eye in a given day and talk. Within a minute, you see 50 people's stories, struggles, celebrations within a minute of social media. We don't know what that does does to us psychologically. Uh, We all have a capacity to what we can feel, our empathy, our concern. And we exhaust it in two minutes on social media, let alone two hours on social media. And then we're supposed to show up to our families and be empathetic and tender and available emotionally for them. We've spent it on strangers for two hours. You got to be real careful with who you look at in the eyes, whether it be social media on your phone or in real life. It's overwhelming. It's taking a toll. Um, So be real careful with your social media consumption and production. Um, Number 11, walk every day outside. Walk nearly every day outside. If it's pouring the rain, you get a pass. Um, Buy a treadmill. Um, Or just learn how to moonwalk in your kitchen. You know, just kind of figure it out. Um, But no, walk every day. Try to walk every day. Walking is not JV exercise. Um, It just takes longer to get the results of running. But walking is better for you than running. Running. Uh, you just don't get the calorie burns. So walking for 30 minutes, you'll burn a couple hundred calories. And being outside and seeing nature without your phone, don't take your phone with you. Just walk outside and just look and breathe and walk. Take a friend, take your spouse, take a child. Um, maybe take your dog. Um, it depends on how frustrating that is um, to fight your animal. But, um, but walk outside. Number 12, invite encouragers Friends into special private moments. Um, there's a, a couple pictures we have of what I did this summer. I had um, a couple. These are a couple different nights where I just, I just wanted to be around people. Um, that gave me life. Um, that didn't pull but pushed me, and and so I'm just like, man, would y'all just come over and hang out with me tonight? I don't really have a lot to say. I don't have. I'll feed you. Um, we'll sit around the fire, we'll smoke some cigars, we'll hang out, but I just, I just want to be with some friends. And they're like, sure, we're in. Um, and so I've done that uh, three times this year. Um, just life-giving community, life-giving friends. Um, some or even um, several of those are even in this room right now. But invite those encouragers into special private moments. And I felt guilty doing this if you're a pastor you know maybe you feel you would understand that but it's like I felt like I'm supposed to invite everybody if I like somebody and um, I shared that uh, with some friends and my counselor and they're like that's unhealthy Um, you're you're normal if you invite certain people over to your house and you don't invite everybody that's what everybody else does you need to give yourself permission to do that Um, but as a pastor you kind of in that fishbowl You don't want to hurt people's feelings. You don't want them to feel left out. And it's just like, wow. It's okay to invite friends, life-giving community to private moments. Um, Number 13, (laughs) uh, be careful what supplements or drugs you're taking. (laughs) Uh, Be really careful. Um, I even met with uh, another doctor yesterday, and um, um, she was just like, yeah, you don't need to take this anymore. I'm like, okay. Okay just constantly putting what what you're bringing into your system uh, before knowledgeable people and and living in light of that. Um, Similarly, number 14, get an annual physical and adjust your lifestyle accordingly. Uh, Get labs with a full panel. Look at your hormones. um, Explain and be really honest. Like it's not a cool time to try to look healthier than what you really are. Um, It's kind of like being in therapy and counseling. You're only going to get out of it how honest you are that you're putting into it. Um, you can look stainless in therapy and you get nothing out of it. Or you can be real and you get to change. Same thing goes when you sit down with your physical doctor. Um, so that's very, very important. Um, and then number 15, find one song that helps you and listen to it all the time. For me, it was, um, Altogether Good. Is that Citizens that sings that, Altogether Good? Is that? I think so. Um, and then he will hold me fast. Um, but altogether good, man. Uh, it just ministered so deeply to me. Um, is it Citizens? Yes. Okay. And um, I told Dave about it. And then on like a Thursday or Friday, and he had the band play it on that next Sunday. And as I heard it, as I was preparing, I just wept because it's like, I felt seen, I felt like he, he went out of his way to kind of meet me. Um, and even now, man, when I sing that song, I go back to where I was. And um, the song basically just builds that, regardless of what you're going through, man, he is altogether good. Um, because when you're in the middle of it, man, you can feel like he's not. You can feel like he's cruel and absent. And that song just reinforced Jeremy, don't base your current reality on, on, don't, don't base who you think God is on your current reality. Look at the eternal, timeless truths of scripture and base what you think of him on that. This life is fleeting, and it is a roller coaster. He's not. Reading about it this morning in Hebrews 12, that um, he he gives us the unshakable kingdom, the things that cannot be loosened when they're shaken. Um, our, our, a lot of our lives can be shaken. Much like a cartoon, life can take us upside down, shake us by our shoes and our ankles, and the coins fall out, the phones fall out, all our possessions fall out. And if you base your identity on those things and your idea of God on those things, you are hopeless. But if you realize that there's something in Christ, in God, that is unshakable, um, that's worth holding on to. And that's what that song helped me with. Number 16, uh, be open with your spouse. Um, be humble and needy enough to ask for mercy. I've never asked my wife for mercy until this year. I've never really needed to. Um, And that was a humbling and strengthening um, moment when I first asked her for mercy. Um, And as a part of this, this is kind of under this with your spouse, is share when you're proud of yourself. When you're going through depression, there's very little that you feel proud of. Um, but in the gym, I would share with her things that I did uh, working out. Um, when I had a moment of uh, panic or anxiety, and I didn't give way to it, but I was able to, through some learned cognitive therapy, I was able to like, fight it and like, resist it. I would share that with her, like a little kid bringing home homework uh, uh, you know, or passing grade. Be like, Look what I did. Um, when you bravely process something in counseling, sharing that with your spouse um, and just, man, I remember a couple of times throughout the summer and this was through a lot of humility and brokenness that I said this, but it's like, I looked at Jill and I was like, Joe, I'm, I'm, a good daddy, ain't I? I'm a good daddy. And she's like, you sure are. Cause you just, some of this stuff can just destroy you from within. Um, it was like, I'm trying to remind myself, like, this is true of me. Right. You know, um, and number 17, have a daily routine, um, where you, like for me, it was waking up, getting coffee, reading the Bible, going to the gym. And this was during my sabbatical where I had very few responsibilities, but it's like, man, I need, I need to. When you're depressed, you need things to do. You need places to show up to. And so for me, it was, I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna have my coffee. I'm gonna meet with Jesus. I'm gonna talk to him, even though I feel like it's just a one-way conversation. I'm gonna read, even though it's like another language. And I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to see familiar faces, and then I'm going to go home. It wasn't just aimlessly at home. It gave me something to do, somewhere to go have a daily routine. Um, and I think the pandemic and, and isolating, like, like like we all did for, for a season, um, we lost our places to go and our routines. And that's why it was so heavy, I think, it was part of that, um, is we just... All of us, at some level, need routine. We need a place to go to be counted on for something. Um, And my depression took that away from me. Um, So I had to fight for that. 18, pray for mercy. Ask God for mercy. This is the first year in my life I've ever had to ask God for mercy. I've asked him for grace. I've asked him for forgiveness. I've asked him for a number of things. I've never asked him for mercy. Um, I was pretty resilient. give me a little bit of time, tell me the resources I have, and we're going to figure out how to make it happen. But this season that I went through, none of that was good enough. Um, and it was really a means of grace. Um, and I had to ask for mercy. Mercy, as I've talked even a couple weeks ago with our church family, is like when you're, when you're bench pressing and you need a spotter. It's when the weight is too heavy for you and you're going to get hurt. And you ask for a spotter and they come and take it off of. It's like the old game of mercy. Do you remember the mercy game from the 80s? Remember that? You'd lock fingers and you'd come up under and you'd try to, like, you know, squeeze and hurt each other's wrist and break each other's fingers. And the game was, you know, you lost if you cried for mercy. You know, it's like, all right, you got to let go. Um, But asking God for mercy when things are painful, when things are heavy, um, asking Him for mercy. Number number 19, um, hydrate daily like it's your job. Like, drink water. Drink uh, electrolytes. Um, Element is a supplement that I love. Um, It's L-M-N-T. I'm sure it stands for something cool. Um, But it's um, electrolyte-heavy, sodium-rich hydration packet that you can take daily because you lose more than water throughout the day. Um, You lose a lot of nutrients and and sodium. So um, drink a lot of water. Uh, Number 20, uh, be very clear and open and honest in prayer. Be very clear and open and honest in prayer. God can take it. He can handle it. You're not gonna scare him off. He's not gonna run away because of what you say. Be very honest in prayer. Number 21, limit your contacts um, in your phone. Uh, Limit your accessibility, particularly those who are pastors. Uh, Maybe even get a new phone number. Um, I was able to do that this year. Um, I've got um, I don't talk about this openly uh, but for your sake I will I have two different phones um, and one has 2200 contacts and one has hundred um, and the one that's my daily carry is the hundred and the one that I spend ten minutes on a day during the week is the one that has 2200 contacts um, and in regards to that um, I went through this summer and deleted some old contacts and it was therapeutic Um, I realized I was holding out hope at the expense of giving less to those who are actually in my life. And emotionally, it was just helpful for me to delete. It was, it was helpful. Um, there's a lot there. Um, I guess, um, I learned to hope in the Lord and not hoping in others coming back into my life, um, was part of that maybe, um, And as a result, becoming less codependent on the church um, in a way. Number uh, 22, limit news media. Um, I stopped absorbing news completely. I canceled the newspaper. Um, It's when they print stuff and roll it up and throw it in your driveway. Um, (laughs) And uh, so um, I read that for a couple years. And um, so I stopped that and I stopped watching the news. Um, I just don't, I, I get the weather on the Apple weather app. Other than that, I ask trusted friends about every two weeks about something I need to know. And I believe half of what they say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no offense, guys. No, no offense. I, uh, well, it's, okay, a third. Um, <laughs> um, but really, um, limit news media. Um, number 23, take vitamins daily. Um, and if you don't know where to start, get a general women's vitamin for women men's vitamin for men and take it every day take it with 12 ounces of water um take a multivitamin every day number 24 don't tolerate or accommodate evil when you're going through depression you're very fragile and you're you're looking for hope anywhere and evil presents a lot of hope it's a false hope but it's a lot of hope and it's very prone to be led astray into temptation um It's when Jesus was weary, dehydrated, and hungry that the enemy tried capitalizing on that moment in the desert, in the wilderness. Um, It wasn't after he fed five (laughs) thousand and there were leftovers. So um, be careful um, as you are depressed and weary, um, not to tolerate evil. If it's if it's evil, try to hate it. If it's holy. Learn to love it. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 20. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil. Be undeveloped in evil. But in your thinking, be mature. <laughs> um, love how he wrote that. Um, Proverbs 4, 14. Do not enter the path of the wicked that gets you to the wicked. Don't even, don't even go down their path. You're not even there yet, but don't even get on their path And do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it. And pass on. Just move on. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you, crooked speech. And put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes, so that's voice, your eyes. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you and your feet. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve, or we call it drift here at the axis. Do not drift to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Man, I had to remind myself of this over and over um, throughout this summer. Number 25, try looking at the cross, it's really hard when you're depressed to look at the cross. It was for me, but try and try and fail your way to success. Keep trying. Psalm 141, eight, but my eyes are towards you. Oh God, my Lord, in you I seek refuge. Leave me not defenseless. With all this said, about my journey, about everything that I've gone through, I wouldn't change anything about the journey that I've been on. A phrase that came to my mind this summer is I don't like the hike, but I love the view. Um, Working through what I've had to go through is not fun. Kind of like going through a tedious hike. But man, when you get to the top, when you get that view, when you're kind of above the birds even, and you're looking down at such a beautiful gorge, it's like, that was worth it, I think. Um, I'm much better for having gone through this. Jill and I are stronger together. God and I have never been closer. Um, I feel like I'm rightly um, connected emotionally to the church. I felt there was some codependency um, before going through all this. Um, I feel confident, I feel courageous, I feel strong, I feel resilient. Um, I don't want to um, unlive. I don't. I don't want to relive what I've gone through, but I don't want to unlive it either. Um, because of the change that it's brought about, um, and so I guess the bottom line to kind of leave you with this is twelve thirty. There are times when even your best that you give is not enough. And it feels overwhelming. And you feel like you can't move forward. But there is hope. There is help. Get help. And even from the people in this room, from me, we can help point you in the right direction. And it's gonna feel scary reaching out for help, but it's worth it. And there will not be shame or condemnation but a, a welcomed guide to what to do next. Um, so thank you for, for being here. Thank you. This was therapeutic for me. I don't know if you could tell. Um, I haven't put these things together in front of a group of people before. Um, so thank you for <laughs> enduring this um, and the grace of, of sticking around for this. Um, I hope something was helpful. Um, pray for me. I'm praying, praying for all of y'all. Um, and uh, next month for Third Thursday, we're going to be doing a book exchange, and so find a favorite book. Um, One of my favorites is on that table over there. Keith has it. Um, The Sacred Wilderness of Pastoral Ministry. Phenomenal book, particularly if you've been in the ministry more than 10 years. Um, If you haven't, I don't know that it it would resonate as deeply, but it's still worth the read. Um, But bring your favorite book, wrap it or put it in a bag, and we're going to have a table up here for you to put it on, and we're going to do the whole Dirty Santa, steal, steal, stay type of thing. And um, Amazon exists, so if you don't get the book that you're trying to get, if it gets stolen from you, it's probably $12 at Amazon. But it's a good idea to kind of write down your wish list for books for next year through this time because you get to learn some some books. Um, Because every time there's something open, there's a story behind it from somebody here. So it's really neat. It's not a gag gift, gag book. It's one of your favorite books, if not your favorite, okay? Bring it, wrap it, bag it, and uh, we'll have a good time. We'll have a nice meal there, too. Um, And it doesn't interfere with Christmas because of where it falls on the calendars the week before. So I'm going to pray for us. Um, Thank you all so much for your attention and time today. Um, You're loved, you're thought of, you're cared for so much. Um, Lord, thank you so much for this group of people. Um, Thank you for those, Lord, who were able to tune in today. Um, Thank you for those who were perhaps that would be encouraged by the recording and helped in some way. Um, Lord, be near the brokenhearted. I know it's your magnetic way. You love to be near the brokenhearted. Um, Thank you for that. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your discipline. Thank you for your wisdom that you give us will be with my brothers and sisters, their family, their ministries. Lord, help them not burn out. Help them not tap out. Help them not run out. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.